Would you pray with me? Father, we do ask that you would give us your Holy Spirit this morning to open your word to us, that we would be surprised by your presence, by the power of your Holy Spirit speaking to us and to our lives today. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. Well, good morning again. It's great to be here. So back in the wild, wild west, a stranger stands in a saloon bar, and suddenly a cowboy runs in screaming, hey everybody, Big Bad John is coming to town. And others began to cry out, Big Bad John? Oh, he's the meanest, toughest, biggest outlaw in the west. We better go run for it. And so everyone runs out of the saloon except the stranger and the bartender. The bartender looks at the stranger and goes, Are you deaf, mister? Big Bad John is coming. And the stranger replies, I don't know who he is, but he can't be all that big, and he can't be all that bad. I'm not afraid. So the stranger and the bartender wait, and soon the floors begin to shake, and the saloon doors fly open, and a mountain of a man storms through the door, stomping on the floor, covered with scars and sporting a scowl, and he demands a drink, and the bartender meekly complies. The stranger nervously thinks to himself, perhaps I should have run away. This guy is the biggest, meanest-looking outlaw I've ever seen. And the outlaw downs the drink, in one gulp, and he slams the glass down on the bar, and he turns and he looks at the stranger coldly in the eye to announce, I don't know about you, stranger, but I'm getting out of here. I don't want to be here when Big Bad John comes. <laughs> Friends, it's a tried and true formula. Preparation, anticipation, surprise. It's the way a good joke works, right? You're prepared for one thing, you're anticipating one thing, and then surprise. But it's not only the way a good joke works, it's also what makes perhaps a good holiday, like Christmas, so enjoyable. We prepare for it, we anticipate, and then we experience it. And wow, the excitement of Christmas morning. But I think it's also true of our general lives as well, particularly in our spiritual life, our spiritual journeys. And we see an example of this in our gospel story this morning of preparation, of anticipation, and then receiving something that we didn't expect. There are two disciples. They're walking along the road. It is the first Easter. That morning was the morning that the women had gone to the, empty, to the tomb and found it empty. We know that one of these guys is named Cleopas. and We don't know anything about the other person. It's the first Easter, Jesus' tomb is empty, and we find these two leaving Jerusalem. We know a couple of things, assume a couple of things. First is they had been with Jesus for a while. They were likely at the Last Supper because when, the, when Jesus, at the end of the story, break, blesses the bread and he breaks it and he gives it to them, all of a sudden their eyes are open. It's as if they're remembering this event that had just taken place a few short days earlier, and they had been there. We know that they, in their own words, had hoped that it, Jesus would be the one 
to redeem Israel, the one who would save Israel, the one who would restore Israel, restore God's people to glory. And then third, we know that they were on the inside of the disciples. They weren't one of the 12, they weren't two of the 12, but they had been with the disciples that morning because they says that some of the people, some of their own had gone out to the tomb. They'd already known this story. They'd already experienced it. Yet despite having been with Jesus, despite having heard his, his predictions, his preparations that he would be uh, killed and in three days rise again, despite knowing the scriptures, what, what had happened is that in their sadness, in their confusion, having had their hopes dashed, they set out to another village. Despite being prepared by Jesus, despite anticipating that he would be the one to bring restoration to Israel, circumstances, situations, it got the best of them, and they lost hope. And it's going to take a surprising act of God to renew hope in them. Have you ever felt that way in your life, in your spiritual life? Perhaps you had had some grand sense of hope, a new job, perhaps a new relationship, a family, a future that was different with your, than your present one. And then somewhere along the way, some event or lack of event zaps your hope. Friends, we're not unlike the disciples here. We hear the gospel. We know the good news of Jesus. It sounds delightful, exciting, and hopeful. We uh, trust him, and again, along comes some sort of disappointment or an unexpected tragedy, and a difficult situation. And what happens is our troubles overtake our hope, and they bring it down. And just like our disciples, perhaps we might start walking away and eventually return to our old way of life and living. Oh, sure, you're talking about some of the same things, some of the details as you walk, but before you know it, you're separating yourself from the body of believers, You see that happening in this passage? The two disciples were actually leaving the community of Jesus' followers. They were leaving those who could speak to them and help them and support them. And eventually, when they do recognize Jesus, uh, we know that they immediately turn that evening in the dark, that it was getting dark, and they scamper back to Jerusalem to tell the others. Friends, there's something intrinsically valuable about what you're doing here today, about what's happening here in the church, what's happening in Holy Cross, in doing life together, whether this morning in worship or in a life group or in spending time with other Christians in your home. It's in those places, in those moments, even if you're waiting for God to show up, even if you're discouraged and brokenhearted, in those places that somebody is going to hold you up. Or it's in that place where you hear of God's mighty work in the lives of others, and it helps you to hold on hope that God will show up in your life. But friends, when you're separated, when you become isolated, it is increasingly more difficult to hold on to hope in Jesus, if not impossible. So we start Advent this morning. It is a church season. 
It's a season of preparation, of remembering the birth of Christ, that God comes to live as us, that he comes to live with us, and he comes to live for us. And this time of anticipation of his coming again as well, the future hope that he will, his return, his promise to inaugurate the eternal kingdom. This season of Advent of preparation and anticipation, as you live through it, remember this, that the birth of Christ, the resurrection of Christ, it is meant to create hope in you. It's this hope that we return to every year at this time of Advent. It's the hope that we return every year to at Easter. It is the hope that we return to every week as we gather together, confess our sins, and celebrate communion together. This is the hope that we hold on to as Christians. But my experience and my observation is this. For most of the world, for many in the church, these four weeks leading up to Christmas, and Christmas itself doesn't create hope in us, but usually creates anxiety. Now, I don't know about you, if you've, str- you've worked already this weekend to get your tree up and your lights up and everything perfect already, you haven't finished one family gathering and you're preparing for the next, the striving for perfect-looking homes and lives, the anxiety of engaging perhaps with estranged or challenging family members, the financial stress, there's some nods there, so uh, the financial stress of trying to give gifts or trying to be able to afford the right gift. I mean, in the midst of all of that, there's a lot of joy, right? But all too often, we get to the day after Christmas and we crash. A puddle of physical, emotional, spiritual, and financial exhaustion. Where's the hope in that? Where's the hope? Friends, the birth of Jesus is easily the most significant event in history. You might be like, well, the resurrection is. Well, yes, but look, the resurrection doesn't happen. The crucifixion doesn't happen. The example in life of Jesus doesn't happen unless he's born into the world. This is the most significant, what we celebrate on December 25th, what we prepare for in our hearts as remembering uh, Jesus coming back or coming to us, and we, as we prepare for him coming back, what we celebrate is the most significant moment in history. Without it, we would have no good news. Without it, we would have no hope. So the challenge for us this Advent is this, to hold on to hope. Perhaps this morning you're like, I don't have it. I don't have hope. The challenge for you then this Advent is to find it. I want to ask a question. What if amidst, in the midst of all your preparations, all your expectations, God surprises you with hope. This is the thing that Jesus does for the two disciples as they walk the road to Emmaus. And is what he wants to do for you. So I want you to just take a couple of notes, a couple of notes of a few things in this passage. 
first, I want to ask another question. Are the disciples looking for Jesus as they walk? No. Is Jesus looking for the disciples? Yes. Hold on to this. This is such incredible news. Even when you're broken, you're disappointed, you're walking away, Jesus will draw near to you. Sometimes it might be difficult to recognize him. Sometimes you will and sometimes you won't, but Jesus is the one who pursues you. He loves you and he wants you to have hope in his name. The second thing he does is he teaches those disciples, those ones who are sort of walking away. Where does he teach them from? The scriptures, right? Even when you're in doubt, the place for you and I to look, to understand what's happening in life, what God is doing in the world, what his agenda is, is in the Bible. The third thing he does is that Jesus continues to reveal himself in the breaking of the bread, in communion with them. And there it is, friends. It's when the hope of the past, the hope for a future come crashing into the present when Jesus is recognized. There's a bishop in England named Tom Wright, or N.T. Wright is usually what his books are, uh, what's written on his books. He's a professor and he's a theologian, and he wrote a book called Surprised by Hope. And he says this, Easter was when hope, in person, surprised the whole world. Easter is when Hope in person surprised the whole world by coming forward from the future into the present. Hope in person, that's Jesus. He surprised the whole world. And it shows to us that hope is not some future event. I mean, it is to be sure that in Christ we have a future hope a glory, eternity, new heavens and the earth, that's true. But he also comes to give us present hope affecting your life today. And he does this sometimes whether we recognize it or not. Whether we're willing to see, whether we ask to see, whether we do see, God is often working through his son Jesus. The Two disciples, after he revealed himself, then disappeared, they said to themselves, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened the scriptures? See, that's my own experience, that hindsight is often the best teacher, right? My own experience has shown me that when I think that God is absent, when I would even accuse him of abandoning me, and I'm desperate for him to show up, and it seems like he won't. He makes me wait for whatever the reason. My experience is that one day I end up recognizing where he was with me, he was pursuing me, he was teaching me, he was comforting me all the time. And I simply did not recognize it. I didn't recognize him. I wonder where would you like hope to come in person to you this Advent? Where would you like hope in your present life? 
Perhaps it's in an illness or a relationship. Perhaps it's in uncertainty or doubt. What would you like the Son of God to enter into today? Because I know this. He's come. He wants to come and He will come to you. What if this Advent, what if hope is coming in a person into your present life in the person of Jesus? Will you recognize Him? Will you receive Him? So as we begin Advent today, it's this time of reflection, time of preparing, preparation, and it is a time of surprise. I wonder, will you, over these next few weeks, will you focus on Jesus? Even in the midst of the cultural celebration, will you slow down? Will you seek to prepare your heart? Will you anticipate hope in person? Hope in the present moment? Will you anticipate that Jesus is with you or He's coming to you? Will you be surprised by Him? If that's what you want, then I ask another question. What will you do differently? You know, there's that saying, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result, right? I wonder if this Advent you might do something a little different. You can pick up the Advent guide and devotional book. You can make a wreath after the service and set aside a time each day to seek out the Lord, to read the Bible, to pray to Him, to do the things we've talked about in the last few weeks in our Hearing God series. Maybe even mine your own history, like dig it up. Think about where He might have spoken to you. When did you feel close to God? When did you feel far away? What happened in challenging seasons of your life? Did God help you through? and through it now. And then seek relationships and input from other people, like the people sitting in the pews or in your life group, or uh, or in the pews, in the chairs and in your life group, right? Asking them about similar experiences that they might have had. How has God shown up to them? How have they been surprised by God? And then finally, I want to make one last note. That if God is speaking to you, if God is Uh, becoming present to you, if He is meeting you and you're recognizing Him in His Son, Jesus, then do what the disciples did. They didn't just sit there in that moment. Jesus didn't give them the choice. He sends them, they get sent back to tell other people about Him. What a great opportunity we have to share what God's doing in us with other people. Imagine the surprise that if God shows up to them for the first time. My encouragement to you is to be prepare your hearts to be surprised by Jesus. Let us pray. Father, I do thank you that you have given us a season to prepare and to anticipate and to expect that you are God who surprises us in our weaker moments, that you have given us uh, your son. He comes to us. We pray that he would come to us, that you would come to us, that we would recognize you, and we would be transformed by your grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.